Access is the Young Adults Ministry of Resurrection Life Church. We hope you enjoyed this message by Pastor Kareens. I'm going to give a little disclaimer before I start because this message is going to get in all of our business. Yeah, six, seven people excited for that, right? I've, uh, it's going to get in your business a little bit. It got in my business, uh, and I was, I was talking with some of our leaders beforehand, and it's really stretched me. And how many of you know that uh, you know, following Jesus isn't always easy, right? Reading Scripture and o- obeying Scripture sometimes can be difficult, but here's what we need to do. We need to try to not make the Bible conform to our lives, but we need to conform our lives to Scripture, Right? And so this is going to get in your business a little bit, but in a good way, because I I think at the end of the night, every single one of us, if we just posture ourselves right right now to receive from God and receive from the Holy Spirit whatever he wants for us tonight, I promise you, I promise you this, I promise you this, if you do that, you'll grow closer to God tonight. And who doesn't want that? Amen? Amen? So let's get right to the word of God, Ephesians chapter 3, starting in verse 14. Paul prays a ridiculously awesome prayer. It says this, for this reason, I bow my knees. He says, I get on my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we could ask or imagine according to the power that is at work in us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus now and throughout every generation forever. Forever. And everybody who's seen the Sandlot said, Amen. amen. Let's pray. Some of you guys will get that in a little bit great movie. Father, I thank you for the time that we have together. Thank you for this rich word. Holy Spirit, you know I've been asking, I'm going to ask again, that you just speak to every single person in this room tonight. Speak to everybody that's watching on live stream. Speak to everybody that's listening on podcast. I just pray that we all grow closer to you tonight. In Jesus' name, we all together shout it. Amen. Amen. I want to read a scripture out loud together before we jump back in and start breaking this particular passage down. Uh, this is 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. I want us to read it out loud with some conviction and some passion together. Can we do that? Can we do that? All right, let's do that. I'm going to turn around and read with you. Let's go. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong, and it teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Everybody say amen again. All right. 
We have this absolutely beautiful passage of scripture that Paul prays to the church at Ephesus, to these, uh, these people who have just committed their lives to following Jesus Christ. And I believe what it is, you guys, and honestly what I believe that the whole book of Ephesians is, is it's a blueprint that is given to us that helps us grow in our spiritual maturity. The whole goal every single Thursday night, my whole goal in life and your whole goal in life should be, as followers of Jesus Christ, is to become more and more and more like Jesus. And honestly, that's what this prayer from Paul that we read at the beginning is really all about. It's a blueprint for our spiritual maturity. So let's go back to verse 14. It says this, for this reason, it's interesting, Paul says, I actually get down on my knees and I pray to the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. And then he goes into verse 16, and here's the transition. And he transitions like, to the one thing. You know, that was a, quite a lengthy prayer that he prayed, somewhat. You know, it's, it's probably, what, I don't know, six, seven scriptures maybe. Uh, but the only, it's, it's interesting to me, as I went back through this, he only actually asks God for one thing. And he gives it to us in verse 16. This is the one thing that he asks. He says, that according to the riches of his glory... He may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. That's the only thing he asks. And then everything else after that is just a so that. I ask that one thing, so that. Interesting that he asks that we would all be strengthened with power through the Holy Spirit in our inner being, which leads me to point number one. It's this. I got two points for the night. First one is this. The Holy Spirit desires to guide, guard, and direct our lives. The Holy Spirit desires to guide, guard, and direct our lives. Now, I, I did a little bit of a study, word study, on that word strengthened, that he will strengthen you with power. And it actually means, that phrase literally means that you would have a ruling, reigning power to rule and reign in this lifetime through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's a powerful prayer, y'all. And I'm just telling you, this is possible and it is attainable in this lifetime on this side of heaven. It means that we can actually have the ability deep within our inner self, our innermost being, for Jesus to come and be the control center of our lives, to be the center focus of every area of our life. And that if we do that and we allow the Holy Spirit to work in us, to guide, to guard, and direct our lives, listen, we can steer clear of all of the pressures, all of the obstacles that this life and any storm that this life can throw your way. Galatians 5, we're gonna go back to Galatians 5, starting in verse one, it says this. So Christ has truly set us free. It's true. We've been set free by Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen to that. Amen. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. Verse 13, for you... And I, we have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't you dare use that freedom that Christ purchased for you to satisfy your sinful nature. How do we steer clear 
of abusing the grace of God, the love of God, and the freedom that Jesus Christ purchased us. Paul tells us in the prayer, he says, I pray that you would be strengthened with power in your innermost being through the Holy Spirit. That's how. Goes on, it says this, instead, use that freedom that Jesus Christ purchased for you to serve one another in love. How many of you know that our Savior, the guy that we came to just learn more about and grow closer to tonight, he said himself, I did not come to be served but to serve and to give up my life as a ransom for many. This actually says, remember all all scripture is God breathed. We read that out loud, right? And it's useful for teaching and, and directing us in how to live righteously. That just simply means in right standing with God. Jesus himself came to serve all of us Let me say that again. Every single one of us in this room should be serving one another somehow, in some way, one shape or form or another. We should be serving each other in love, which is exactly why we are planning a serve day here at Access. And we may do two of them this year. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. But on April 30th, what we're going to do is we're going to have a serve day. I'm going to ask every single, every single person in this room to be a part of it. We're going to set up some things where we can go downtown into our city, all of us collaboratively together, getting together and serving our city in love. Because that's what Jesus wants us to do. It's that simple. Listen, you know, I know that, that we're, we're a large you know, uh, ministry for this particular age group. I get that. And I know sometimes, trust me, I know this from experience that sometimes it seems difficult to come in here and kind of just remain lost and, and really never connect on a personal level with some people. I get that. Let me tell you, I just had a conversation after last week's message with, uh, with a couple gals about this. And, and they're like, you know, I just really feel like I want to get plugged in into further community. I don't really know anybody here. And I said, you know what? The best way that I know how for you to do that is honestly to just get involved. So if the Lord's telling you to serve, come serve with us. You know, you see it on the, on the video announcements, and, and this whole ministry is run by volunteers who come in and serve with happy hearts every single week. And I'm so thankful for them. But if the Lord's tugging on your heart in that area, we got things that, that you can do. And by the way, it'll help a big place seem a lot smaller. I used to, um, when I first started coming to this church, my wife and I, back in 2009, I sat in the, in the pews for, for three years up in the upper deck, like where nobody could see me, you know? And I just remember uh, I would walk out of church. I, it was like the closest to, to where my kids were in nursery so we could just get out, go get our kids and like bounce and not talk to anybody, right? I never, feel, I never felt like I was real connected. And I remember sitting there and I had a conversation with my, oh, my wife saying, you know what? We gotta get plugged in somehow. And so all we did is we started serving right here in the, gro- in the ground floor for the youth department. And honestly, I built relationships. Relationships were formed that kept me here at the church. So if you feel like you're ready to get involved, just let us know. The guy that looks like Jesus, his name's Nick. Uh, you can come talk to him and his wife Emily afterwards, or you can come see me and we'll get you hooked up. All right, or if you want to lead a small group, we need more small group leaders, okay? Here's the deal. We have small groups, and as we grow, that's a process of our discipleship to get you plugged into community. We need more small group leaders. And, and one of the things, our, our small groups right now are maxed out, so if God is tugging on your heart to lead a small group, come let us know. We'll help you get plugged in so that you can serve each other in love. Amen? Amen. Now, we've got to move on. Verse 16, he says this, back to the Holy Spirit. So I say, let... The Holy Spirit, catch this, remember? The Holy Spirit wants to what? 
guide, guard, and direct your lives. It says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Your sinful nature wants to do evil. What does that mean? It simply means that your sinful nature, which, by the way, does not get born again when you say yes to Jesus, it will be with you forever. It is incorrigible. It means that it is with you forever. But I got better news and a greater truth. The Holy Spirit's going to be with you forever, too. So, says that. Sinful nature, your sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. It's a lifelong battle, friends, between the Holy Spirit, obedience to the Holy Spirit, or obedience to your sinful nature, which always leads to... And by the way, when, when we obey our sinful nature, it, just, it doesn't simply just hurt us. It hurts God, it hurts us, and it hurts others. And every single one of us knows that. I know I don't got to tell you that. It's just a reminder. Paul goes on, you know, to tell us... In, in, what are the things that our sinful nature craves? And Paul breaks it down, verse 19. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Let me, let me tell you how Paul breaks down the kingdom of God in another book. He says it this way. He says, the kingdom of God is not meat or drink, but it is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Paul, I believe, is saying in this passage of Scripture, he's saying you want to do those things you're not going to have right standing. You're not going to have a lot of peace, and your joy might be robbed. I believe that's, that's what he's talking about here. And he goes on in verse 24, and this is the good news right here. <clears throat> Excuse me. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross, and they've crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in, everybody say that next word, in, oh, what? I meant every, let's just say every together. Let's say it together. Aha, we're doing good, okay. I, I led you astray there. In every part of our lives. You know, there's a song. I listened to it today. I heard it as I was playing some worship. It's called Oceans, and it says, Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. And Paul's prayer, let's get back to that. He's asking us to be strengthened with power in our innermost being by the Holy Spirit. And how do we do that? Paul just laid it out for us. Follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. When we rule in life through the strengthening power of the Holy Spirit, circumstances no longer dictate us. We start dictating our circumstances. Say amen to that, because that's good. Why does he ask God for that one thing? That's my next question. Why did you ask God for that one thing? 
And he actually answers it in verse 17. It's almost like he's saying, I'm asking that one thing so that, see that, so that? I ask that, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts. And you know why I love that passage of Scripture? It's because all the Sunday school teachers were right. You remember when they gave you crackers and some water? And then they said, do you want Jesus to come live in your hearts? <laughs> they were theologically right. You know, who knew? It's like, you're a kid. It's like, how does that happen? Is he like climbing through my teeth and, you know, right? But they're right. They're theologically sound. But here's the other, here's the other thing. My wife and I just ended up volunteering Saturday night in uh, the children's ministry, and they were short on volunteers, so we found a need and we filled it, and we served, and, and uh, I walked out of that room, and I said, Jesus, thank you for nursery workers. That is not my gifting. <laughs> uh, I saw diapers in the corner. I was like, I'm going to go sit over on the other side of the room. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Let the, yeah, okay. But I'm thinking, he says, so that, now, now let's break this down. So that, I'm asking that one thing, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts. That is a weird thing for him to say to a believing in Jesus church. Isn't it? Is that just a little bit strange to anybody else that sticks out to me? I'm thinking, okay, hold on, hold on, Paul. You just wrote this entire letter to a bunch of people who have already said yes to Jesus, you told us that we've been justified, that we've been adopted, that Jesus in us is the cure, right? That we've gone from death to life in Christ. And when we say yes to Jesus, when we really do, when we really in our hearts say yes to following Jesus, we get the Holy Spirit as a down payment, as a guarantee of the things that are to come. I thought that the Spirit of Christ was already in them. And then I did a little bit of digging on this particular passage, and it's very interesting, which leads me to point number two. Final point for the night. It's this. The Holy Spirit desires to feel at home in us. The Holy Spirit desires to feel at home in us. Now, that word dwell in your hearts literally means that the Spirit of Christ would feel at home in our hearts. Let me say something to you all. It's one thing to live in a home. It's a whole nother thing to feel at home in your home. That's good. And we're gonna take, we're gonna run with that. Listen, Tuesday we had um, we had a, uh, some friends over. Actually, uh, Desiree sitting next to my wife Lindsay here, and her son uh, came over, and we caught up and, and had dinner. And and what happens at my house when you have dinner is, I cook. And when I cook, I go overboard. And we only had three adults there, and the rest were kids. And I cooked for like twelve adults, <laughs> right? And and so I cooked, you know, some tilapia and. You know, yeah, and we made some potatoes and rice and what else? And my wife made a salad in a bowl this big, <laughs> literally, to, it could have fed 20 people, right? So we've got an absolute wreck. And then we got the kids. We cooked chicken nuggets for them and all sorts of, we got stuff everywhere in the house, okay? One of my pet peeves is having a messy main floor. I think I've told you all that before, if you've been here any length of time. And, and so Desiree 
so nicely says before she leaves, are you sure that I can't, let me help you clean up. Are you sure that, that I can't help you guys clean up? And my wife, I was like, yeah, come on, let's, let's take her up on that. And my wife, Lindsay, was like, oh, no, we'll take care of it. You just get going, you know, and the, the snow was coming down really bad on Tuesday night. So she left, and you know what we did right afterwards? Nothing. <laughs> we didn't clean a thing. We didn't clean nothing. We went to bed at like 8.45. I was out. So what happens, and this is my, my, my weekly routine, Wednesday morning comes along, and what I do is I get in my, my living room, and from 8.30 after I get the kids off to school, my wife takes off for work, you know, I usually will play some worship, and it's my time to, to study up for tonight's message, okay? And so yesterday morning, man, my son is loud tonight. What's up, boy? So I'm, I'm sitting in, I'm sitting in my, uh, my living room, and I start looking around, and it's like, man, my skin's crawling, because the place was a train wreck. It was a mess, right? And what I did was I gathered up all my, I literally didn't feel at home in my home, because it was messy. So I said, I'm getting my stuff. And, and you guys know I came into the office, didn't I? And I never come into the office to do my study time. Never. Because I get nothing done when I come in here. I literally don't. So I came into the office. Now listen to me. Just because my home was messy and I didn't feel at home in my home doesn't mean that I, I'm going to put a for sale sign up, sell the house, and move somewhere else. Does that make sense? I actually love my home. I adore my home. Our home is in a great neighborhood. It's in a great school district. I love my home, but I didn't feel at home in my home that day. And all that means is that later on, my wife and I are going to have to come back, clean the house. And you ever heard the term like a clean house is a happy house? Y'all know that's true. There's truth to that. And we come back and we can clean it out and it just feels like home. We do a 20 to 30 minute cleaning, and guess what? We sit down, and it's like, oh, yeah. I'm at home. I feel home. You tracking with me? You know where I'm going with this? What's the point? The more that we allow the Holy Spirit to clean the rooms of our hearts up, the more at home he feels in us. You tracking with me? Paul doesn't stop there, though, okay? In Ephesians chapter 4, right after Ephesians 3, after he says this prayer, he actually speaks about not hurting our relationship with God. Ephesians 4.30 says this, and do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit. Another translation says it this way, do not grieve the Spirit of God by the way that you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own. What is he saying? He's saying, don't you dare forget that you've been adopted into the family. Then he goes on and he says, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Now listen to me. This one passage of scripture is so rich. God the Holy Spirit, you have to understand something. When you say yes to Jesus Christ, God gives you the Holy Spirit as a down payment of things to come. You are born again, sentenced to heaven. There's nothing you can do about it, okay? You are sealed by the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. That means 
He's got you until Jesus comes back. And when Jesus comes back, they're gonna say, he's gonna say, that one's mine. Okay, that's what it means. You've been adopted into the family. But he's also saying that it is possible to grieve God. It is possible to hurt God. And how many of you know, <laughs> this is so simple. How many, the, the whole Bible is about us relating to our Father in heaven, to the Trinity. The whole Bible is about that. How many of you know that when you hurt someone, when you grieve someone, and we've all done this and someone's done this to us, it hurts our communication. We feel distant. It's awkward being in their presence. Come on, somebody. Last Wednesday, I was at a, a service here, and a guy named Johnny Varekin spoke. After the message, I was, I was talking with him and, and, and Clint Sprague, who spoke here, and, and uh, I guess there was a guy that was waiting, and I figured he was waiting for the speaker because I didn't speak. I didn't, you know, I, I didn't emcee the night. Like, I wasn't up on stage, and, and so I was just kind of incognito there, and this, there was this guy there that was waiting for me, and I turned around, and I figured he wanted one of the, uh, one of the guys that spoke that night, and, and he looks at me, and he comes up, and he says, hey, I need to talk to you about something. I said, all right, and I've never met this, this young man, and by young man, I mean he was my age or so, okay? <laughs> and uh, so I said, hey, why don't you walk with me, because I had to come and get my son, so I'm down in the worship center. I had to come get my son out of, out of child care, so I said, why don't you walk with me? Tell me what's going on. He says, well, I'm just really, really struggling in my life, and, and, and I'm struggling to get free of certain things in my life. And he was kind of beating around the bush a little bit. I said, hey, man, just, just we don't got much time. So uh, <laughs> what'd you do? <laughs> you know? and, and he says, well, I'm really struggling with adultery. And, and I've, I've been, you know, I've cheated on my wife a few times, and my relationship with her is is obviously not good, and, and, and he says, you know, I'm just having a really, really difficult time like hearing God in the midst of it. And I said, well, I am so sorry to hear that, but here's the reality. You've grieved the Holy Spirit. You've grieved the Holy Spirit, and that has an effect on your communication. You might feel a little bit distant from him right now because of you know, the things that you've done, the choices that you've made. And then I, I said to him, and I broke it down into an analogy, and I said, you know, for instance, and, and he understood, you know, how him and his wife, you know, they weren't getting along, and it was, you know, possibly going to lead to divorce. He gets all that. And the communication between them two, what he didn't understand is like his relationship with God has been, you know, I, I, I'm not really hearing God. And, and I said, well, you know, it's no different. It's a relationship, right? I said, what if my wife and I, who go up north every single uh, September for our anniversary trip. We go up north. And uh, we've, we've planned this out all year long. Let's, let's just say we've been planning it out and then months leading up to it, we're talking about it and just talking about how, ama how amazing it's gonna be and we're just gonna get to spend some alone time together. And then a week beforehand, I come up to her and I say, well, you know, baby, I'm gonna change the plans, right? And I'm gonna, I'm gonna take Brent and I'm gonna take Dylan and I'm gonna take Mike with me up there. We're gonna have a guy's time together. We're gonna have a little man's retreat and I'll see you, I'll see you when I get back, okay, honey? That's gonna grieve her. Come on, somebody, that's gonna hurt her. And how many of you know that when I come back to the house and I knock on that door, I may not 
feel all that home in my home, <laughs> right? And I said this to the guy, and I said, listen, it's no different with your relationship with God right now. But here's the great thing about God. Although adultery can lead to divorce in the natural realm, here's the great thing about God. When you say yes to God, you become the bride of Christ. And yes, men, I know that's awkward, but you are a bride. And you are the bride of Christ. And here's what happens. He will never leave you or forsake you. Let me say something and be very clear about it. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit will never divorce and they will never split up. They will never leave you. When they adopted you, it was a forever and always adoption. So listen, just because you may come back home and you've grieved somebody and you may not feel at home in your home, the Holy Spirit hasn't left you. I told this young man, I said, listen, the Holy Spirit has not left you. You've been sealed by the Holy Spirit till the day of redemption. That's the good news. And here's the other good news. God says that if you will just confess your sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive you and to purify you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. All you gotta do is go to him with a pure heart. That's what I loved about David. The guy got it wrong many times, murder, adultery, but the one thing that he always got right was his heart before God after he fell. And he kind of clicked in him, and I was like, go home. Talk to God out of a pure heart and just be honest with him. And by the way, he already knows. You can't fake it with God. Come on, somebody. You know where I'm going with this, right? Lindsay and I have hurt each other many times in the past. We have grieved each other many times in the past, and I can tell you one thing for certain. When we grieved one another, it was extremely difficult for us to feel at home in our home, and many times we didn't even want to be in the same room as one another. My hidden sin, my hidden sin in our marriage almost cost us our marriage, but again, God is not going to divorce you. He promises that he's never going to leave you nor forsake you. And we can take refuge in the fact that our God is for us, even in spite of us. Amen? Here's the question for the evening. I got one question for you. Worship team, you guys can come up. We're going to close and worship after I finish. But I need you guys to listen and focus on this. The only question that I have for you guys this evening is this. Are there rooms in your house, are there rooms in your heart, are there rooms in your life that Jesus and the Holy Spirit of God doesn't feel fully welcomed in? In other words, are there areas of our lives, areas of our lives that we just haven't simply opened the door to God and said, I need you to come in and speak some truth into that area because here's the good thing. When, when God comes in and speaks truth into an area in your life, the truth sets you free. And the freer that you and I get, the freer that you and I get internally on the inside, the more at home the Holy Spirit feels in us. 
This was so challenging for me. This study challenged me to the core. I want to tell you one, one final story about a man named Jack Hayford. Jack Hayford is like a spiritual giant, you guys. This guy is a baller in the spiritual realm, okay? He's got to be, what, 80 years old or something like that? He was here, I think, three or four years back. And and I'm just telling you, like, this guy is so ridiculously amazing. If the gospel was being written today, there would be a first and second Jack. Like, he, (laughs) I've met, listen to me, I have met some (laughs) incredible men of God, women of God in my life. I've gotten to shake their hands, say hi, conversate with them. When Jack Hayford came to our conference three or four years ago now, I got to meet him. I got to shake his hand. And I am not joking, but just his presence alone was almost overwhelming. Like I just wanted to follow that man out of this church and just go spend time with him. And I could just feel how at home the Holy Spirit was with this man. He did a luncheon during that conference right in this room from this stage. And I was sitting right back here with my wife. And uh, this guy gets up and he starts talking about, he got vulnerable in front of everybody. And he just started telling us how God convicted him that he had backslidden in his prayer time with God. And I'm not kidding. We are all sitting in the crowd like going, dude, don't worry about that. Like you're Jack Hayford. Okay. We'll just give you a pass on that one. You know, a do over, right? And he's crying, talking about how he felt like he grieved God by not spending enough time with him. And I'm thinking to him, I literally am in tears. I'm sitting there. My wife and I were crying. I was crying And I looked over at my wife and I said, I want to be like that man when I grow up. I'm 35, y'all. I want to be like that man when I grow up. And you may be here and say, well, no, no, no. You need to strive to be like Jesus. Yes, I get that. But Paul also said in the scriptures, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Jack Hayford is a guy that I could imitate. Burl, Pastor Burl, who uh, is one of the pastors on staff here, got the (laughs) unbelievable privilege of picking Jack up every single morning and bringing him to the church during the conference. And Burl came into my office after he had spent three or four or two or three days with, with Jack, and he came in and he goes, that man is more like Jesus. And Burl is like 95, okay? He's not that old, but he's old. He's like, he's been around a little bit, okay? And he looks at me and he sits down and he says, that man is more like Jesus than anybody I've ever met. He says, do you know what he did every single morning when he picked me up? I got into the car, shut the door, and he looked over with a smile and he said, hey, Burl, you ready for me to sing to you this morning? And literally, acapella, this guy started singing hymns that he wrote that churches sing all over the world, praising Jesus in the morning, in the afternoon, and at night, and then stood up on this stage and said, I have backslidden in my prayer life. I was like, no, I don't think you did. Like, say it ain't so, Jack. And he got vulnerable, and it was just so 
Oh, it was so heartfelt. And again, I just wanted to be like, I want to be not like Mike. I want to be like Jack because Jack looks a whole lot like Jesus. Say amen to that. The question is simple tonight. What area of your life have you not fully given to God? Because any area of your life and my life that isn't fully surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ going to have some trouble in that area. Listen, is it possible to have enough Jesus to stay out of hell yet live a defeated life? Yep, it is. But we need to be people who become strengthened with power in our inner being through the Holy Spirit so we can rule and reign in this life so that the Holy Spirit of God, the Spirit of Jesus Christ would feel so welcome in us that we may be the only we may be the only Jesus that many people in this lifetime get to see because they don't believe in church they don't believe in the word of God and listen to me his presence alone I was I wanted to go spend time with that guy one last scripture Revelation 3.20 says this I love this it's Jesus talking he says here I am I stand at the door and I'm knocking. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Jesus is simply waiting for us to open the door that he's knocking on. And the interesting part about that, because I know this scripture, but I've never thought about it in this way until just today as I was studying. Listen, I've done lunch twice with two different people this week. And you know what we did? The whole time we were pounding salmon and sushi, we were conversating. We were having a little chit-chat. We were iron sharpening iron. We were, we were strengthening and encouraging one another. Listen, Jesus wants to come into the areas of your life that you're struggling in. And he's just knocking, saying, listen, if you just open that door, let me come in. I'll conversate with you. And anytime Jesus says something to you, it's truth. I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life, is what he says. He's the truth. In any area that he comes in and he speaks truth, then you'll get free. And who the Son sets free is free indeed. Simple question. And you know what? Here's what I think. Many of you, tonight it's super obvious. God's already spoken to you, and you know which, what needs to come under his lordship tonight. You know. Why wait? Right? You hear me say it every single week. By the way, this is spiritual maturity. This is the process of how we become more mature in Jesus Christ. This is the process of transformation. Literally, is conversating with God, the Holy Spirit, and allowing him to do a good work in us so that he can feel more at home in us. Isn't that interesting? This is a deep prayer, y'all. And for some of you, it might be a little bit more covert. I asked God just the other week, God, search my heart. Search my heart, God, and pinpoint anything in me that you want out. And honestly, you want to know what I'll be? I'll be the first to be, to be vulnerable in front of you. You guys want to know what... I felt like I received through that prayer time. You want to know? Good, I'm not going to tell you because you don't want to know. Do you want to know? That I'm afraid. I may not strike you as a man 
who's afraid, which is why I had to ask God, <laughs> afraid of what? <laughs> what am I afraid of? And the response that I felt like I got after just spending time communing with God was, you're afraid of what people think of you. You're more worried about your reputation than mine sometimes. I am a pastor, God. I am sorry. You know what the reality is? As I love, like, messages on grace and hope and love, you know, and, and like, the feel-good messages, I was, this is, this is what I believe that what the Lord was talking to me about. I don't necessarily enjoy giving these types of messages because they get in your business. Do you know what I'm saying? But I care more about what God says than what anybody thinks of me. And I've got to make a stand. And then he also spoke to me about one other thing, that I need to work on taming my tongue. Who needs some help in that category? Raise your hand. Yup, uh-huh. All of us. <laughs> oh, God is amazing. So I've literally just been in my time, Lord, heal me from that. Give me your thoughts. Give me your attitudes. May I have the attitude of Christ? And I asked him to speak to me about the being afraid thing because I believe that unbelief is one of the greatest sins that we could ever commit. And you know what he spoke to me? A verse out of Joshua, chapter 1. Only be strong and very courageous. Have I not commanded you? He says it again. Only be strong and very courageous. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And guess what that did to me? It strengthened me. So what is it for you tonight? We hope you enjoyed this message. If you'd like to join us live, we meet every Thursday night at 7 p.m. in the ground floor at Res Life in Granville, Michigan. Or you can watch us online at reslife.org slash live. You can also keep in touch with the Access Ministry on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at AccessRLC.